Hello and welcome to the Semantic Cybersecurity Brief, our weekly podcast where we discuss all things cybersecurity. I'm Dick O'Brien and joining me today is Semantic Threat Researcher Bridget O'Gorman. Uh, this week's podcast is rather ironically all about healthcare. I say that because, as you can probably tell from my voice, I am too healthy myself and I'm suffering from a heavy cold, so apologies about that. Now, I'm joined by Bridget, who's been spending quite a bit of time recently researching security issues in the healthcare sector, and it's thrown up some pretty interesting findings. But before we get into them, perhaps you can start by telling me uh, why you are focusing on the healthcare sector and what, uh, why information security is a critical issue for the sector. Yeah, so I suppose we decided to examine the healthcare industry because I guess it's one of the industries that, you know, it's always been on the radar, really, of cyber criminals. And I suppose when you kind of think about it and look into it, it's fairly easy to understand why that would be the case. So I suppose the personal health information, you know, that healthcare organisations hold about, you know, everybody, like a wide range of individuals, it's obviously, it's very sensitive information. So therefore, it's valuable to cyber criminals, as obviously it has the potential to be sold you know, for potentially large amounts of money on the dark web. And we do see that bulk dumps of medical records are offered for sale on the dark web for up to thousands of dollars, depending on the size of the dump and the sort of information it contains. And the data in them is often used to do things like commit identity fraud or to carry out insurance fraud, and in some cases even to blackmail people. And because, of course, you know, these records, they don't just have your health information, they also have lots of personal information about you, like your name, your address, your social security number, etc. So even just for that information, they can be quite valuable to cyber criminals. And I suppose due to all this, you know, data breaches and stealing information and all that sort of thing, it's been a big area of concern for the healthcare sector, I suppose, for a long time. And there are also very strict regulations when it comes to reporting this kind of, uh, to reporting data breaches and that kind of activity uh, to authorities, particularly in the US, has very established kind of reporting guidelines about this kind of thing. And I suppose then, as well as this, in more recent times, I mean, we've spoken many times on this podcast in the last year or so about ransomware and especially targeted ransomware and how that has been on the up really um, over the last year or so. And I mean, that trend it has also impacted the healthcare industry. And I suppose healthcare, due to the kind of industry it is and the fact that it's very much a public facing industry, I suppose it suffers a lot when it's hit by ransomware because... Obviously, if a hospital or a healthcare clinic or facility is hit with ransomware, it's not like it's just an inconvenience or even just like a monetary concern. It can also put lives at risk, you know, because a lot of hospitals now, they're very connected. A lot of the systems in hospitals are now internet connected. And, you know, things like that, it greatly increases the pressure that's on ransomware victims in the healthcare industry uh, to get back online as quickly as possible, more so probably than in a lot of other, other industries. And so because of that pressure, it probably increases the chances that they will pay the ransom. And certainly I would say that is probably cyber criminals perceptions of the industry. And hence it makes it you know much more attractive to them as an industry to target. And I suppose then another part of the healthcare industry that, you know, is of a lot of interest to people interested in cybersecurity is, you know, the med tech industry, because there's a lot of kind of high tech medical devices now that are used by people, which of course, you know, has its advantages for people and for practitioners and for patients. But obviously then there are disadvantages because of course it, I suppose, potentially opens up the users of these devices, you know, to the dangers of being targeted by cyber attackers. So, you know, there really are numerous areas to consider when we look at cybersecurity in this industry. 
Okay, so there's like actually lots of areas there to cover when we look at healthcare. So tell us a little bit about what your findings were. Yeah, so I suppose when we took under this research, the biggest finding was that ransomware is now undoubtedly the biggest challenge that's currently facing the healthcare industry when it comes to cybersecurity, um, as it is, you know, for many industries. But I suppose semantic data, it showed that there was an upward trend in ransomware attacks um, on the healthcare sector in a 12-month period in 2019, whereas when we looked at a kind of more, I guess, like general malware detections in the healthcare industry, they remained largely static, but there was an obvious up- upwards trend when it came to ransomware. And as well as trends we could see in our data, so when we looked at kind of the publicly reported um, reports around ransomware attacks in the healthcare industry in 2019, there were just numerous reports. And it was interesting as well because some of these attacks, they had really serious implications for the affected organisations and not necessarily just in a monetary way. So in the case of at least two small healthcare clinics that were hit with ransomware, two separate stories, the attack led to the clinics shutting down as those who were affected, they didn't either have the funds or the expertise needed to recover from these attacks and to get their businesses back up and running. So they either didn't have the funds to pay the ransom or they didn't have backups or whatever the case was, but they decided to shut their businesses rather than, you know, try and get back up and running after the ransomware attack. And I suppose things like that, incidents like that, they really underline, you know, the really, you know, devastating impact that ransomware can have on smaller organisations, particularly when they're hit by it which I think is kind of important to remember because I suppose we often hear about, you know, large organisations and huge ransomware demands, like they're the stories that get attention. But I guess when it comes to the fact that the impact on smaller businesses can in lots of ways be greater because they are faced perhaps with not being able to recover from the attack at all and potentially, like in in those cases, um, having to shut down the business. And then there was another ransomware attack on a hospital in Wyoming that forced a facility to start sending patients to different facilities that are more than 100 miles away for treatment. And then when it does come to the monetary side of things, um, a case that kind of really demonstrated that in 2019 was uh, the hearing aid manufacturer Demant, which forecasted they would have to incur costs of around $95 million due to a ransomware attack that it suffered in September last. And much of those costs were due to things like lost orders and other various business disruptions and I suppose when we look at all these kind of incidents um, and I suppose it's important to keep in mind that when we talk about ransomware attacks you know often we discuss you know ran- the ransom demands and that they're increasing or whatever's going on in, in like that kind of area but really I suppose the effects of these ransomware incidents can actually have quite right like wide-ranging impacts I think and sometimes they're maybe harder to quantify than just kind of looking at a monetary figure a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's quite a unique sector in that respect because it's unlike a factory closing up or an office shutting down or business losing revenues. This has a real human impact of patients being sent home or sent elsewhere. And, you know, obviously it's going to affect the quality of the care that they have. So one thing I'm interested in is where are these attacks happening? Is it in certain countries whose healthcare organisations are particularly in the crosshairs or is it more general? Well, when we broke these numbers down by country, we actually saw that the US was the country with, with by far the most health or, healthcare organisations being hit with ransomware. Organisations in the US accounted for more than 40% of the global figure when it came to ransomware attacks in the healthcare industry. And it was by far the most impacted country with second place South Africa, you know, far behind it on just 9.5%. So in lots of ways, perhaps this is kind of unsurprising. I mean, US enterprises 
are frequently the most hit by all different types of cybercrime. I suppose the US has, you know, has a very large population. It has many large organizations, including many large healthcare related organizations and um, that have operations there. So in a way it kind of makes sense. And I suppose as well as this, the US healthcare industry is like incredibly, I suppose, rich, really. A report from Axios in 2018 found that in one, in that year alone, in 2018 alone, Americans spent $3.65 trillion on healthcare, which is obviously a huge amount of money. And it's the highest level of spending on healthcare um, in the developed world. And as well as being hit with ransomware, you know, American healthcare organizations, they're also attempting targets um, from which to steal data. Um, according to HIPAA, which is the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, which tracks healthcare data breaches in the US, 2019 was looking to be a very bad year there for data breaches. So in the first six months of the year, 9.62 million records uh, were breached in just, for the, in just those six months. And this compares to over 12 million for the whole year of 2018 and just 5.1 million in 2017. So if that trend continued for the second half of 2019, there could have potentially been close to 20 million records breached there last year. And as well as this healthcare organizations in the US, they're obliged to report breaches that affect more than 500 people to HIPAA. So it actually is a pretty good indicator um, of the state of play any given year in the US. And But it doesn't just include stolen records, it also includes things like ransomware. Um, as well as, you know, incidents where things were just accidentally disclosed or lost. So, you know, that increase could also um, be an indicator of the increased kind of ransomware attacks we were seeing in 2019 as well. And I suppose a reason why, you know, health organisations in the US are likely to kind of be targeted like this for this kind of information is because in the US, you know, stolen personal information, it can be used to do things like file fraudulent tax returns or also to make uh, false claims to insurance companies. And, you know, that's the reason why this kind of information is of value on the dark web to cyber criminals. And in the US, the FBI estimates that around $40 billion is lost to fraudulent insurance claims every year. So it's a huge business. And at least some of those claims are certainly filed using stolen information and potentially information um, found on the dark web. And of course, as well as the stolen health information, you know, some of this information is obviously of, could be of a very personal nature. Uh, or as well, if this information was about potentially a high profile person, like a famous person or business leisure or something, you know, it could potentially be used to carry a blackmail or potentially for some form of, you know, leverage and like political or business dealings. And um, we have certainly seen some is incidents, you know, in the past of more sophisticated attackers targeting health organizations in a way that might have indicated they were looking for perhaps information about certain individuals. Um, but those kind of attacks, and I would say blackmail attacks and that kind of thing, they're realistically probably much less common and a much less common reason um, for health information being exposed than I suppose um, cyber criminals going after it in order to sell it on the dark web or use it for the purposes of identity theft or to make fraudulent claims. Yeah, you're right. I mean, there, there's been a few cases where we've seen breaches where we, we kind of suspect that they're going after the information related yeah. to certain individuals. But as you say, the greatest risk lies with the more sort of indiscriminate types of attacks where, you know, they're just looking for bulk amounts of data or they're, yeah. they're trying to engage in ransomware attacks. So we, we've talked about the two main kind of risks of like ransomware and data breaches, but you also mentioned in your introduction the medtech sector. And I was wondering if you'd found out anything interesting about that. Yeah, so I suppose medtech is becoming, I guess, increasingly kind of prominent sector. 
as obviously high-tech medical devices and connected hospitals, you know, there's something that have become much more common um, in recent kind of times and years, obviously. And obviously, I suppose they yield. There's a lot of advantages to those kind of developments for both medical practitioners as well as for patients. But they obviously do mean that, you know, cyber attacks can potentially have much more serious impacts than in hospitals on patients and on staff than perhaps they might once have had. So, for example, you know, if all the hospital's patient notes are now stored on the cloud or on internet connected devices, rather than written down on the old school kind of files and clipboards that was all you would have seen in hospitals at one time in the past, you know, it means that a ransomware attack or any kind of mass data loss, you know, could potentially cripple the hospital and, you know, potentially prevent them from treating patients you know it might lead them like in the wyoming case that we mentioned earlier they might have to transfer patients and it could even you know put lives at risk obviously if the hospital went down um you know while people were being treated or whatever obviously it could be very serious and i suppose as well as this we have seen other concerns raised as well about i suppose the kind of iot style internet connected medical devices too um actually last year ratings agency moody's it issued a warning about the medical device industry's vulnerability now to cyber risks due to the increased proliferation of devices such as insulin, excuse me, insulin pumps and cardiac mo- cardiac monitors and things like that, which are now often uh, so often connected to the internet. And you know we have also seen things incidents like where insulin insulin pumps were recalled after it was found that an unauthorized person could have connected to them wirelessly and then could have potentially changed the device's settings. So potentially cause them to over-deliver insulin or to under-deliver insulin to a diabetes sufferer, which obviously could lead to extremely serious consequences. And that incident actually as well led to um, the Food and Drug Administration in the US also issuing a warning about the dangers associated with those kind of high-tech medical devices. So I suppose medtech quite an area of you know great innovation and that provides great advantages for many people. It is still quite a high risk area in lots of ways. And Moody's actually awarded its highest risk rating to uh, for cyber attacks to the healthcare sector last year because partly because they said of the threat um, of a breach of medical technology that could pose a huge risk to a healthcare organization's reputation, as well as the increasing risk of ransomware, which we discussed already. Yeah, it's quite an interesting area because of the rise of these um connected medical devices you have the prospect of and i know it's probably sounding quite sensationalist but cyber attacks against people you know as opposed to say you know against just devices um but yeah i mean it's obviously it's a it's a growth area and it's one to watch but were there any other interesting findings that you wanted to mention yeah well one interesting thing i think that our kind of telemetry threw up as well was that the kind of challenge in healthcare industries that they may be very quite slow to apply security updates and security patches, which means then that their devices are more likely to have exploitable vulnerabilities that can, of course, be taken advantage of then by cyber criminals. And I suppose this kind of point was probably illustrated most starkly back in 2017 when the WannaCry ransomware outbreak hit and when healthcare was one of the hardest hit sectors around the world due to the fact that many organisations in the sector were running on patch systems. And in the 2019 figures we looked at, interestingly, WannaCry, it was still the third most seen malware on machines in the healthcare sector. So while the current versions of WannaCry that are in the wild now, they're largely broken, they can't actually uh, really do anything when they get onto machines anymore. The appearance of this detection in the top three malware detections for healthcare in the healthcare industry worldwide, you know, really underlines that 
a lot of the machines in the healthcare sector clearly still aren't patched. They're still not even patched against what are at this point quite old threats. So that is pretty serious. And I suppose the issue of these outdated unpatched systems, it's it's hard for healthcare providers and healthcare organisations. It's not really particularly straightforward and it's not one that's probably going to be solved easily because I guess the infrastructure in many healthcare organisations is very complex and some of the devices that are connected to it, you know, they it's not even possible to update them basically. So that's why we see some of these extremely old threats on these machines. So I think that's probably um something to watch as well as that issue in the healthcare sector, I think is likely to probably be a challenge to it for, you know, a long time to come, I would say. Yeah, I mean, you regularly hear stories about, you know, outdated yeah. software and and you, you you sort of assume that, that that maybe they're under-resourced or underfunded but sometimes it's a case that a particular piece of equipment uh runs legacy software and they can't yeah. get a new version of it um, it's technically impossible it's technically impossible yeah. so there's the challenge of like do we continue to use this equipment or you know do we uh do we retire it because of the security risks so there's an element of you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't do and in some yeah respects. of course there's the, the expense element because obviously a lot of these machines would be hugely expensive so yeah. we have to replace it absolutely so it's kind yeah. of the risk versus reward kind yeah. of thing i guess for them so what advice would you give to healthcare organizations who want to maximize their protection from cyber attacks? Well, I suppose that in as much as they can with the devices and the machines that they can update, that as much as possible, you know, health organizations do keep their machines and devices on the network as up to date as they can and to apply patches where they can, you know, to protect themselves from any newly discovered threats. And I suppose as well, obviously, it would be important for them to have good security software and security solutions in place that help protect their organization um, from like cyber threats. And I suppose when it comes to ransomware, it's the same advice that we always give around ransomware, really. And I suppose the most important thing is always to ensure that you have backups of all your data and that you store it offline and in a place that if the network becomes encrypted, your backups don't also become encrypted so that if you are hyper ransomware, you know, you're in a position to restore your systems. And I think then as well, a really important factor is just educating staff as well. So to ensure that they don't become victims of even simple things like phishing emails, because obviously a lot of staff in the healthcare sector, they're not necessarily on computers all the time or that kind of thing. So awareness of things like that might not necessarily be as high in that sector as perhaps in some other sectors. So just make sure they're aware of all these kind of cyber risks that they face so that they don't end up accidentally granting malicious actors access to their systems as well as obviously making them aware of the kind of data protection requirements that face healthcare industries as well so that they don't in some way inadvertently you know cause the company a data breach or anything like that so i do think education of staff is a key one probably for the healthcare sector as well yeah that's a good point okay thanks bridget um i think that's about all we have time for this week but if you've been enjoying our podcast don't forget to subscribe to avoid missing out on all of the action in the future you can also follow us on twitter at threat intel or medium at medium.com forward slash threat hyphen intel if you'd like to read our latest research check out our blog which can be found at semantic tick.com forward slash blogs forward slash threat hyphen intelligence we'll be back again next week where we'll be once again looking at what's going on in the world of cybersecurity. but until then thank you and goodbye